0: So on this week's episode of Be More Super, the podcast, we've got a great guest. It's the third member, um, a third cast member I've had on the show from Day of the Dead. It's Miranda Freegon. Miranda, welcome to the show, my love.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And I've I've, I've got to say, I'm very, very excited because Day of the Dead is probably one of my favourite shows to date this year. Um, I've already had Mike Dopud and uh, Natalie on the show as well, um, and it's just fun, fantastic. And I've got to say, I haven't watched the finale yet. I'm going to watch the finale after doing this interview, so um, I'm poised and I'm excited. So before we we start chatting about that wonderful show, like I do normally, I want to check in and make sure you know everything's okay where you are, and 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 you know how have you kept positive and moving forwards because i know you've got a, li- a little one a four-year-old the same as i i've got a four-year-old and an eight-year-old two girls um i mean how have you kept you know being positive and mo- mo- moving forwards over the last 18 months
1: yeah it's definitely been a challenge it's probably been probably one of the hardest years of my life as it has been for everyone mm. um but i think you know i i I really work on acceptance and surrendering, and I think, you know, it's like yelling no at a war, as opposed to taking it in, saying this is what happens, this is what this is what the situation is, this is where mm. we're at, and so how can I move forward and still thrive in this type of um, environment and um, I think the the key is really to surrender and to just wear your mask. Stop fighting against it. And um, when you can't change what's happening outside of you, you have to change the inside. And mm-hmm. so that's really what I've been doing. What me and my family have been doing is like, okay, this is the new normal. Instead of being angry, which a lot of people are and were at it, um, how can we? live in a place of peace and gratitude for what we do have and that we haven't lost anyone thankfully to this and mm-hmm. um yeah just every day just thanking the universe for our <laughs> lives and, our...
0: and and how have you coped with the little one dur- during the pandemic because um I mean she's only four so I suppose at that age they're so resilient they really are
1: yeah, so last January, I had actually been gone for about five months uh, doing Day of the Dead and a number of other projects in a row. And two days after I got back was Christmas Eve, my husband got COVID. This was before the vaccine was ever out and he was so sick. And then my daughter caught it and then I caught it. So we were inside for 35 days. And uh, TV, which we didn't normally like to do for our child, was was our friend. Um, and you know, he's been going to school, like we, We've been sending her to preschool that we test three times a week or a couple times a week. Um, And uh, yeah, just creating our little bubbles with friends that we know are safe and still trying to take her to a playground, just having the hand sandy, (laughs) handy everywhere we go. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's really been having to adjust to this new normal and like making your child wear a mask and what that's doing to their development and their psyche of having to constantly wash their hands Mm -hmm. and everything has been a little crazy but we're trying not to be too um like talk too much about the germs and all of that um but just sort of this is just what we do you know
0: mm, mm, yeah i mean i mean for myself i mean my eight-year-old i think is as has, has had it the hardest because of friends going out to play that social interaction i mean i don't want her to be you know one of these kids that are stuck to technology i know technology is the future but but I feel really sad for her. But my four-year-old, four thankfully, you know, she thinks it's normal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's going to be one day we're not going to wear masks. And she's, she'll, she'll, she'll be like, wait a second, what's going on? It's going to be crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's – sorry, go on.
1: No, I just said that's hard, yeah, for that age group and, mm. and the team, everybody that's suffering through that. I'm actually thankful that my daughter is at a young enough age that mm. she doesn't quite you know, that she's just growing up as normal.
0: I mean, sadly, she's currently got COVID and so is my wife. So they're downstairs at the moment and um, not very well. And my four year old, -old, because she can't get tested because of her age, we've got an inkling that she may have it as well. And um, I had COVID about a month and a half ago and uh, it was the oddest experience. But I was vaccinated and I had my booster yesterday as well. So got to be part of the uh, solution, not the problem.
1: Yeah, I was not vaccinated, and it was. I'm, I'm a very healthy fit, you know. <laughs> Good. Uh, we were. It was. It was the worst experience in my life, and I have after effects from it now too. Um. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to be safe, mask up, and uh, respect each other. I think, which is, I think that's that. That's key.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: So, uh, so why acting? Because it's got to be one of the hardest professions and the most grueling and you know, filled with rejection, and but then you get the highs and you're probably one of the uh, busiest actors I've seen that's been on the show. I mean, why acting and not another profession?
1: You know, honestly, I grew up um doing... Like, I started gymnastics when I was three. My mother was head coach. I was in ballet since I was four. I was doing piano lessons, everything... And I was the only child of four siblings that like wanted to do all of this. And, Mm -hmm. um, of course, like my sister and you know, we all had lessons, but I was just like, I want to do that now. I want to do that now. I want to do that now. And everything was about just creating and, and performing. And we were always putting on performances for my parents in the backyard. And, um, I think since a young age, you know, when we used to have like non-digital, like books where they said, what do you want to be when you grow up? I remember (laughs) being little and there was like lawyer, actress, singer. There was all these like different things. And I would always click off actress. And I just always had this, like whenever I saw a movie with Hollywood in the background or New York city, it was just, I would get this feeling like I'm supposed to be there. Um, of course, things have changed. Like when I was younger, it was like seeing the stars. And I want to be on a billboard. and I having a series in LA? And now it's like, I want to support my family. I want to do wonderful work and, and, um, have a voice in the world. Like it's all different intentions now, but I just love performing. I love, mostly making people laugh which is funny because i always end up in these very dramatic roles but um (laughs) i think from a young age i was just meant to perform
0: Mm. i mean what was your biggest challenge start starting out you know in 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 this industry
1: yeah um i think i had i had i remember doing an audition and it was a Vancouver casting director who's no longer casting there but I had done an audition and I was so proud of it and this is kind of when I was just starting out and my agent at the time um, had told me what he had said and he had said she's not special enough to be a lead and that's stayed with me over the years that I never like thought that I deserved that or or that I was ever going to get there, and so um, I think believing that my identity was my identity was wrapped up in what others thought of me, and getting mm. outside station was probably the biggest challenge, but also an a, a wonderful, beautiful struggle uh, that I had to go through to realize that the only way to get through this industry is to really learn how to love yourself because you're going to get mostly no's Hmm. um and i'm okay with that now like when i used to book a part i'd be like calling everyone i knew i was like so excited but then (laughs) it was equally the drop off when i would get the no you would just base your self-worth on whether you got the part or not and um that was really challenging Hmm. um and i think i've done a lot of personal growth work over the years to just sort of find myself and what's unique and special about me and love that and love that part of me and know that every audition I'm doing I'm bringing a bit of myself to and if they don't if they don't give me a yes it means it's someone else's turn and there's just something better around the corner for me so just having that mentality and growing into that but it's taken 30 years to get there you know
0: (laughs) I mean do you get any feedback you know from auditions you go go for a part and say if you didn't get it I mean do you do you get any feedback on why
1: You know, when I was younger, it it used to be a big thing to ask for feedback from a casting director um, just to see, like, how did I do? Mm -hmm. And now I don't I don't um, I don't ask for feedback because I I know that if they're interested, then I'll get a phone call. Um, And so, yeah, you can request feedback. But now with all this self taping, instead of actually being in the room, um, some people's tapes don't even get watched like we don't even know. So I just do my best work, throw it out there and you forget about it and move on.
0: It's a bit like go fish. <laughs> it's like, you know, just see see, see what catches. Um, so, I mean, obviously, the industry, is, as we said, can be challenging. But what do you love the most about this profession that you've chosen?
1: Oh, man. Um, there's so many things to love and so many things I don't love about it. Um, what I love is, like, the families it creates. Um, Day of the Dead was you know, I I love, I was probably one of the older cast members and kind of the mama bear, um, in the show and also on set. And, um, I think just like the relationships that you form because you spend 12 hours a day, sometimes 14 Mm -hmm. hours a day with the same people all day long for months on end. And you get to know them way better than, you know, some friends that you've known for five, 10 years. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you, you really, um, Yeah, you really form a family. And I think I love that because I just I love um, I love being around around people and sharing in that sort of creative, um, that creative vibe. You know, they say when like men go to war together, they like Mm -hmm. bond together. They're under extreme circumstances. In some ways, you know, doing doing film is kind of extreme circumstances. We're out in the freezing cold, which we were for Day of the Dead. It was brutal we were so so cold and out in the rain and you're like you're in the trenches with them and so you <laughs> form this kind of bond and i think that's probably my favorite part mm-hmm. aside from just the love of performing and um yeah just putting on a show for people
0: and, and what is the uh, the worst thing about the industry i mean what 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 do you wish that could be changed
1: yeah so i think i mean I wonder sometimes why we're made to work for twelve, fourteen hours. I mean, I know why it's money and, and all of that, but I look at like the crew that sometimes has to be there before we're there and often after we're gone and having to drive home in horrible conditions and um and that, you know, a lot of them can barely hang on to their relationships. It's not really an industry that um is great for family life, for having children, and it doesn't. It's not really uh, compassionate to that, mm. and it's sad because we want to be in a good headspace and be not stressed to be able to like perform and do good work, but you know it's exhausting. It really is, mm. and not just for us, but crew members specifically. I mean, they're they're at the grind all day long. And I just, I wish we could do an eight-hour day.
0: But. Uh, Richard Donner um, said in, in, in an interview in England when he was filming Superman the movie, they, they would only film from nine o'clock in the morning till five o'clock in the, af- the afternoon. And they wouldn't go over that. And they had to have, by union law, two tea breaks and a lunch break. So I don't yeah. know if it's the same now, but I mean, imagine that. And you saying that it would be great to have that that time where you could go home after work and it'd be like a normal working day fair enough it it, it took two years to film that movie but you know it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um obviously um you know be, being an actor uh you know we've talked talk, talked about the rejections and the hard work but i want to talk about Day of the Dead because So yeah, so I had Chris Christopher Russell on the show, and I've got to say uh he's definitely a a genetically blessed human being. Um literally perfect in every way. Um (laughs) I think I think I had a bit of a man 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 crush myself to be fair. Um so so if you could tell all our super viewers and list listeners a bit about the show, who you play, which I think is an awesome character, uh a bit about Day of the Dead.
1: Yeah, so Day of the Dead is a story of a bunch of survivors, I mean six in particular, that have to put aside their differences and their personal agendas and find a way to work together in order to save themselves, their loved ones and their town.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I mean- and And it is just an awesome show from the beginning up to now. As I said, I haven't seen the finale yet, but what attracted you to the role of... Day of the Dead and a zombie series.
1: Yeah, so I had auditioned like a long, long time before. And it's interesting because I had seen the breakdown and I was like, oh, my God, I love I love this. And um, they were uh, they didn't really bring me in for the role. Um, And I had seen the Paula Bowman character and I was like, "Ooh, I, I would love this. But I was like, oh, they're probably not looking for me. Um, anyway, I taped it and I, you know, I had the Sarah Palin glasses, the Sarah Palin look, and I, um, yeah, I put it out there. And then months later, when I was in Vancouver doing another film, actually with Chris Russell, um, we were doing, a, a Hallmark movie together. And I was peeking over his shoulder and I saw Day of the Dead in his email and I was like, oh my gosh, are you on hold too? Cause I was on hold for the role. And, uh. Anyway, we ended up booking it together when we were on that movie, but I've digressed. You've, you asked me uh, what drew me to it. The character, I mean, the writing was like Jed and Scott were, are just incredible writers and the humor and the wit and the, um, the social commentary in, in the show. I just, I was like, I have to play this character and (laughs) I sacrificed a lot to be up there for that period of time. But, um, yeah, just to play that kind of dark edgy character with so much going on underneath i'm really drawn to those types of characters and uh it's probably to date one of my most favorite characters i've ever played
0: and how did how did you approach the the you know the role of mere bowman because i presume you're not like her in real life um or you might be who knows uh, but how did you approach the character in building you know
1: so there's always, I think, an element of ourselves in characters. And I, I do often play very strong, demanding characters. And I have that in me. Um, I'm one of those people that has no problem with confrontation. Um, I'd take on a 300-pound dude in a dark alley if, if he was messing with me or someone I love and like delusionally think that I could take him down. <laughs> um, so I have that kind of like chihuahua, small person <laughs> complex where I'm like, I'll just go after you. Um, so I definitely, the determination, uh, that, that mama bear protectiveness, that's all in me. And so I was able to like unleash that in Paula. Um, as far as like the research that went into it, I, I loved the dialogue and I think just getting that in my bones and, um, deciding what was going on. Cause I I think there's always underneath dark characters, there's always an onion to peel. There's something that's happened. There's some sort of trauma. And it's like that in real life too. anybody who's got that darkness. We all have our, our stories, right? And so I was mm-hmm. so interested in Paula's story. And after talking with Jed and Scott and kind of developing that more, um, yeah, getting to play almost this, she's this antagonist villain of some sort in the beginning and this like intractable stereotype that's like right wing gun loving. And when she starts seeing how her view and her politics are, are um, affecting the life of her son and the world around her, um, she's really forced into this awakening into why she got into this in the first place. And I think it's such a beautiful shift in the character. And she really like has a, a beautiful character arc. Um, mm. So it was really fun discovering that along the way. And you kind of like, discover it as you're going too. You show up on the first day thinking, I got this character. And then you discover more and more every day.
0: Mm, I mean, watching the show, I've got to say at the beginning, your character, I was like, mm, she's not very nice. She's not very sort of likable. Um, but she was funny. She was witty. And, and as as the episodes have gone on, literally slowly, you start to root for her and it's really nice her realizing you know the things with a family and 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 a surroundings so i think that was so so well written and you know performed by yourself i mean what has been your favorite um scene to shoot because there's some awesome scenes i mean the makeup and the production is just out- outstanding i mean what was your favorite scene to shoot
1: honestly um there was so many in this. I loved working with Chris Russell and um, um, Caitlin Stryker. We had like that trio at the beginning. We had a lot of fun when we we're creeping around the retirement home and then we come in and there's, you know, the, all the old people had been killed and like running around opening closet doors and trying to find them that we had a blast doing and Chris and I just, <laughs> we laughed so much. <laughs> um, and then the scene where I'm chewing, like I sneak off to the back and I'm doing, my chew and he tries to kiss me and it's Mm. disgusting and that was that was pretty fun too but the the scenes where there's some comedy in them where we're getting to play off each other um I think probably the stuff with Chris Russell and uh and uh and uh Caitlin Stryker were the most fun to shoot in the retirement home we had the most fun
0: and a bit of a trade secret was that really chewing tobacco that you were chewing
1: Actually, uh, props had made me um this they had cut up like vegan jerky or something. It was very salty, and I think it was vegan jerky. And they chopped it up really fine, and I, you know, had it stuck in there. Um, <laughs> so it was very interesting. But no, the answer is no, because
0: <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> thank, go- thank goodness. Um, so uh, I mean, obviously from the show. I mean, do you keep anything like as a memento from your shows or from day day of the dead?
1: Yes, yeah, sometimes I do. I, from this production, they had, um, mugs, they were handing out these day of the dead coffee mugs. Um, so I got one for my dad because I knew he'd just like think it was so cool. And then, um, gave one of my husband. so it's in our cupboard. So I get to see it every day. And I kept my, my blood soaked blood stained pink blazer and, and my white shirt. So I'll always remember the bloody days
0: day of the dead that is that is awesome that is awesome and i presume um it's streaming currently on sci-fi um as 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 well any uh episodes that, that you may have missed if you haven't seen it it's amazing so so you need need to get on it and watch it i think it's a very nice respectful nod to george romero it really is because you know this humor, this tension. Uh, I think what they've done with the zombies, I think, are fantastic, uh, and it's a great show. And I don't want it to end. I know I've got to watch the finale, but I don't want it to end. I want it to continue. Um, but obviously, I mean, talking about your acting, uh, you're also a singer and song songwriter, and um, I've got to say, um, your 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 latest song, which is any kind kind of love, which is available now. Um, Literally, I suggest that to anyone that's stressed, anyone that wants to get lost and on, on on honestly, I don't know how to describe it I mean, how would you describe your music uh, to someone?
1: People always ask me this, and um I haven't been talking about music much, so I'm like unprepared to answer that i'm I, it's very um it's very it's piano based strings, a lot of harmonies um and it's like. I'm trying to think even who to compare it to. Um, I think there's like an ethereal quality to it. I like I like the strings and a lot of voices um, and my producer had two pens and he was like knocking on the wall on a, one of my songs called A Little While and just like doing this. Um, so I'm not doing a very good job, am I, of explaining my music. <laughs>
0: To be honest, from my opinion, it's got a bit of a country sort 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 of uh, style style to it, but not like you know your honky tonk sort of. It's got a very <laughs> um, nice sort of. I don't know. It's not like Leanne Rhymes or anything like, like like that. But it's just fun fun fantastic. And you 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 released a, a, an an EP, um, which was called First. Which yeah. again, Invisible on that is just a fantastic song. Um, it makes me feel a bit, I don't, I, I, I love music because you know what it makes you feel. And I think that's the key, isn't it? Um, I mean, was this the one that you had the Kickstarter uh, campaign with?
1: yep, Yep. Yep. This is the one that got funded by fans and it was overfunded and it was just, it was such a stressful thing. It took me two years just to get the Kickstarter campaign up because I was so nervous that nobody would, jump on and it's also it's, it's really hard to ask for help too and mm. to that you deserve that or that people will like your music enough to want to contribute um but once it went up and and people were donating it was just my mind was blown and and i got to make i, I even got to make the invisible music video out of some of the leftover money and so it was really such a blessing and i, I just appreciate fans so much for having contributed
0: and any plans on uh, new music new projects around the music
1: yeah, so I, I have a song that I've been working on. Um, and uh, every, everything that I write is very, um, uh, comes from something that's happening in my life. And Invisible was that, you know, I, I was, I think my husband, we weren't married yet. And I was going through some stuff and I wrote that. Uh, Any Kind of Love was actually the song I wrote for my husband uh, when I walked down the aisle at our wedding. And I never planned to release it. And uh, it was a surprise for him. So he heard it for the first time as I was walking down the aisle. And um, it was really, really special. And uh, it really comes from that deep place of love. Every word in there is what I feel about him, felt about him. Um, So anyway, it had got placed in a a Hallmark movie and there was such a huge response to it that uh, people were like, are you gonna release this? And so I uh, added some more production to it, and that's what you hear there. Um, As far as new music, yes, I have a new song I've been working on. Um, I also have a four-year-old who likes to write when I'm writing, and we have some (laughs) differences and creative differences. (laughs) It's been been challenging definitely to uh, try to continue the writing, but it's something I'm aching to do, and uh, hopefully in the near future, I'll be releasing something else.
0: I can't wait. It's absolutely amazing. And obviously, the holiday season is in full swing. Hence, that's why I've got the background. And this episode is actually going to be released on Christmas Eve. Uh, So you're you're my Christmas Eve episode because I had Wilson Cruz from Star Trek last year. And then I've got you uh, for Christmas Eve. Um, So what plans have have you got?
1: Christmassy that I could have worn if I knew. I'm in my daughter's room. this is not my bedroom this is the only place (laughs) i could go today to have some peace and quiet so
0: bless you i mean any christmas um traditions that that you have any holiday traditions
1: so um my family is dutch and so um every year on december 5th we december 5th we put out our wooden shoes And I did that as a child growing up and Sinterklaas, which is, you know, Dutch version of Santa Claus would come and give us um, chocolates and things like that. Uh, We missed that year with my daughter because I was filming, but that's a tradition I'd like to keep going. Uh, as far as uh, we're going we're going to edmonton uh, up in canada to see my family and um we have some dutch traditions with baking and and the types of treats that we eat and my husband's family's italian so they'll um they'll sometimes make cannolis and and some italian and we'll get into a panettone and um panettone yeah um yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: anyway so I yeah just little-
0: Oh that sounds awesome. And um your your go-to Christmas movie?
1: Oh. I love The Grinch with Jim Carrey and Home Alone is on 100 times every year so we end up watching that. And then of course my my daughter has not yet seen my Hallmark Christmas movie A Cookie Cutter Christmas which was the silly little movie I did a while ago that ended up doing really well and so we're going to we're going to get into that this year.
0: And, and and this this is the thing about the UK. We've got the Hallmark Channel, but they don't show much on there. And oh. I want to see see all these great movies. I mean, Ch- chasing waterfalls, which I think is the one with Chris Chris Russell yeah. and yourself, which apparently is is massive over there, over the pond. Oh. And um, yeah, and your Christmas movie. So hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, we'll we'll get that at some point over in the UK. Yeah. Um, I think
1: it- I know there was like they had European sales like it should be over there somewhere
0: right um, I'll have a look I'll have a look and I'll link it to the description to the interview and get everyone um, watching it <laughs> so Miranda you've been a great guest I'll let you get off to wrangling the little one and um, keep safe um, and enjoy the holidays um, you know as parents we're very very lucky to have gifts that are just these small little human beings that it's our responsibility to grow into magnificent you know peoples of the future so so i can't wait and it's great to see their faces on christmas morning it really is so miranda thank you so much
1: thank you have a wonderful holiday and thank you so much for having me